Okay, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Happy Friday. That's right, man. Friday, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts. Got to have a big party. Yeah, that's right. We'll be uh, we'll be hanging hanging around here, but you know, still barbecuing and stuff. Yeah. So nothing crazy. Yeah, we'll probably hit the barbecue too. What's your uh, go-to thing to barbecue? Well, actually, I did uh, I did a pork shoulder yesterday. So nice. I uh, smoked it for fourteen and a half hours. Really? Yeah, fourteen and a half hours. Uh, two about two hundred, two ten. Okay. So it was a long, low, and slow smoke. So I ran upstairs every you know, every forty minutes or so to make sure it was going. I think I threw it on at like five, and we ate at seven. You know, seven forty-five, yeah. eight o'clock. You have one of those like pellet-fed smokers. No, I've seen those. They're pretty cool. Um, I actually just yeah. pick, I, I've got just a standard, you know, side smoke box. Um, you know, so I use all all wood. You know, hickory logs yeah. and stuff. I miss being on the farm because on the farm I had an apple tree fall in one of the storms, and I cut the whole thing up into logs. So that's what yeah. I use, right? So for years I had free smoking wood. Now I got to pay like twenty bucks a bag. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like twenty bucks yeah. for five logs. It's it's crazy to me, right? It it's, makes no sense. It makes no sense at all, man. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's like bottled water, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, filtered filtered tap water in a bottle. Yeah, it's funny though, like like paradigm shifts, right? Like I remember when bottled water like first became like a thing. Don't you? Yeah, like it wasn't that long ago that it really became a thing. And the only the only one that was around was Evian, right? Like yeah, yeah. Now there's like a hundred different things, and they all show their different pH levels. And um, sorry, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, my son just swung in. He's he's out with his friends. Hey, that's life. Riding bikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so, um, how's the uh, how's the office set up there? I mean, it's it's Still like it's like heaven, man. You know, it's uh, yeah. I'm just saying, we uh, we had a meeting with the team earlier, and we are basically finishing week ten of yeah. you know working remote and. You know, I've been doing a lot. I'm a big analytical person, right? So I always look at, like, you know, effectiveness and productivity. And our productivity yeah. is actually higher now than it was when we were in the office. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the first, you know, the first week was rough. You know, then we've had, you know, I think week five, week seven were tough. I think because people just mentally were just burnt out and they need that social interaction. And I've got several people on the team that are, you know, they're, they're single, Right, so they they literally live by themselves, and yeah. I think they're the ones that are having the toughest time with this whole thing because there's literally no yeah. interaction. Like I, I'd go yeah. nuts, right? Like I wouldn't last a week by myself yeah. entirely, right? Not inside, outside in the woods, I'd be fine for a week, but you know, inside <laughs> yeah. you just start to go, start to go crazy yeah. a little bit. But I mean, yeah. we had our most productive week was last week, right? So week nine was our best week, and it's almost. You know, I don't know. I mean, as as a leader, I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm like, man, like maybe we should keep this thing going, right? Because yeah. well, I mean, there's a couple factors, right? First of all, I mean, except for maybe the single folks that are getting uh, lonely, like you're happier. Yep. Right. When you don't have to sit in traffic for a couple hours a day, and you also have like an internal pressure 
you know, like high, high achievers, high performers kind of put that on themselves. But then there's, you know, your typical worker who actually can achieve more because they want to show their value because they have this like internal dialogue of like, well, I'm, you know, I'm here at the house. Like I should be like now I really need to prove myself. So you're doing, you can end up doing more. And I think that's what we're seeing in our firm as well. I saw a video recently where they're saying like, you know, this is, this is a good thing. I mean, I, I, it, we're getting a lot done. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing, though, is, is I think it, it, it all goes into, you know, why, like, I mean, we talk about hiring all the time, right? I think hiring the right people is just critical, right? And that, that doesn't mean skill, right? That doesn't mean people that, you know, oh, I've, I was the top salesperson or I was this, I was that. that. That doesn't mean shit, right? That really doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, hiring fully formed adults, right? It's people that... You know, are you are you coachable? Can you relate to people? Can you solve problems? You know, can you figure stuff out and hold yourself yeah. accountable? And if the answer is yes, then this is the perfect arena for you. If if the answer is yeah. no, then you got to fix all that stuff, right? You've got to learn how yeah. to drive yourself and be your internal driver. Because I'll be honest, there are a lot of people that don't drive themselves, right? They yeah. they look for reasons or excuses to. You know, to fail, to not succeed, and they go, oh, "Well, I couldn't do it because of this, 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 and this." Right? Well, really, you say, "All right, well, if that, if those ten barriers weren't there, could you still do it?" Well, no, because then I'd have problems with this, 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 and this, and it's like, "All right, man, yeah. like we don't have time for that." Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so I think it, it says a lot about teams, right? It says a lot about your people. You know, I mean, my people in particular. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of them because they they are pushing through it, right? And I, I just told one of them today, like. If, if going through this exercise, you know, whether you support it or you don't, you're going through it, right? So if you can get through this and be better, then you just proved how resilient we are, right, just as people and how mentally freaking tough we are. And if you don't yeah. realize that after this, then I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're probably never going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a almost direct correlation, too, between... Um, the people that don't have those intangible things that you talked about will tend to lean on the college degree, yep. the, you know, I did this or that in the past, and they kind of shy away from talking about those things. You, know, you kind of, you just lean on the pieces of paper and the whatever um, certificate you have or, you know, yep. PMP, whatever. It's like, no, I don't care about that. Like, who are you? Let's throw the resume on the floor. Well, and, and the thing is, most yeah. most people that care about that stuff are the the people that have those things, right? So it's like, yeah, exactly. you know, like they they maybe haven't. I don't know. Like I, I've seen this where you know I've had people interview for positions that have gotten turned down for jobs because at the age of thirty eight they were quote unquote you know not enough gray around the ears, right? By a guy who's you know in his late sixties that did the interviewing. And what's crazy is, you know, when you really flip that over, the 38-year-old had already accomplished more than the 68-year-old, right? So it's it's not a it's not oh he's not old enough. It's I'm intimidated as hell by this guy, and this 38-year-old kid is going to come in here and take my job. That's that's essentially what that means, right? But it's yeah. and you see it all the time. I mean, it's oh he doesn't have this this degree or this certification, right? But he single-handedly you know, change the entire landscape of whatever industry there is without a degree. Yeah. Who gives a crap, right? Like, yeah. can he get it done? Is he somebody that, you know, I mean, especially in the sales world, it's, you know, I look at one one little thing and it's, 
Are you likable? And will people buy from you? And if the answer is yes, I don't care if you have an eighth grade education. That, that means nothing to me, right? It's, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's where your value, right? Your value to people comes, right? Where you sit there and you say, you know, can you solve problems? Right? Because if you're a problem solver, right, we're all told to be problem solvers, but we're never, we're never shown how to be a problem solver, right? Because we're always, yeah. we think in school, we think, well, problem solving is how you go through solving your math equations. And that's not problem solving, right? Problem solving is basically being able to, I mean, you talk about it all the time, where it's being able to sit with the customer or sit with a group of people, hear what they're saying, hear their frustrations, and then con, you know, consolidate it and go back to them and say, okay, this is what I'm hearing from you. Here's what yeah. I think we should do. Oh, wow, that's... A couple ounces of creativity in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's yeah. you know, you got to you got you to gotta figure out your way, right? Um, yeah. So let me, let me get your thoughts about something. How, how are you, you know, in terms of, you know, we talk about, you know, the whole remote work thing and, you know, we talk about just different shifts, you know, in, in the, you know, the workplace as a whole. But I think that the biggest shift and the biggest, you know, kind of punch in the, in the gut is going to come to the commercial real estate world, right? These... And, yeah. and listen, I know a couple, you know, commercial real estate people, and they make buku bucks. I mean, huge, huge, huge amounts of money, right? I think they that do or they did. They, they yeah, 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 they did. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that they are, you know, like everybody talks about, oh, the you know the housing bubble and the housing market, and you know, individual people are are late on their mortgages or in foreclosures. And look what, what happened there, right, in 2008, 2009. But I think that the commercial real estate industry is about to just get the crap beat out of it, right? Especially when you talk about how productive everybody is working from home, cutting down on expenses, cutting down on driving, stress, commutes, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm all for it. I'd be all for getting rid of all, all our locations. Why not? Yeah. And then get a conference room yeah. if we have to meet. Exactly. It's because of that just mindset of like, it's the, that's the way it's always been done. So, you know, silver lining, blessing in disguise with coronavirus. It taught the world that we don't need those expenses. So do you think Google... That's, that's, that's good for people and really bad for people. But well, those, you know, they'll have to be creative. Like, if you can't get your commercial space, you know, if you can't bringing the revenue there, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to maybe try to flip it to residential or like something's got to be done? I mean, what, yeah, what, that, 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 that's a whole other question. What do you do, right? So let's just say, let's say all, all commercial real estate buildings or say 70% of commercial real estate buildings are empty and vacant. What, what do you, what do you do? I mean, do you tear them down and build something else? Do you, does every town now have a professional football team and a professional baseball team? Right, like every major city, like, like, do they have five per block? I mean, what, what do you, what do you do with all that space? Yeah, I don't know. Kind of, kind of wild, right? I mean, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think. Uh, I mean, I've always been a big advocate of you know working from uh, you know from wherever. And I actually saw an article which reminds me again. I got to send it to you uh, later on. But I saw an article, I don't know if it was last night or this morning, and the, the, basically the, the premise of the article is the work from home model 
is dead. It's now the work from wherever model. Yeah. Right? So, and think about that. I mean, the the majority of companies did not embrace the work from home model until this happened. And already groups are saying, yeah, that's done. That's old, man. Now we're on to the work from wherever. Right? And it's, so, so that's a whole other thing, right? Where it's, you know, are people going to start saying, heck, you know what? I think I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to go live on an island or I'm going to go live in Europe or I'm going to go live here or go live there and I'll just work from wherever the heck I feel like working from. Right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden that market crashes. Yeah. And then, like, coffee shops, like, even, even in Percival, certain times of day, man, they're full of business people. You know, hmm. <laughs> you guys start opening like if your if your town has ten coffee shops, maybe you need twenty now. Yeah, that's where people like to work. Hey, I mean, I think it's, it's smart. It's interesting because like the early adopters, the people that see these trends, like you saw or are seeing in the commercial real estate, it's like when the internet came about, and people would have never thought it was going to be what it is. But you gotta like, you gotta consider it. Yeah, no, it's definitely a possibility. I know my brother's in real estate, and he's he's thinking about like commercial deals he can get on commercial, and maybe flipping them into residential. Oh, that's cool. So and so, yeah, some other ideas and stuff. So 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 talking about you know just just problem solving and solving problems. So this this kind of ties in perfectly to uh, a purchase I made last weekend. I went to Target, and I went to Target specifically with the thought of buying this particular thing because. The week before, I was in there looking for stuff for my wife for Mother's Day. And I saw it, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to buy it. I don't need it. But I ended up going back. And my daughter was with me, and she was laughing because I was like a man on a mission. I walked. Never do I walk into Target of all places and know exactly where I'm going. Usually, I'm walking yeah. all over the place. But I walked right through the doors, and she even made a comment. She's like, Dad, you walk so fast. Because I knew exactly <laughs> where I was going. So I went all the way to yeah. the back of the store. Right to the coffee section, and whatever it was, she said that whatever you're looking for, I don't think it's here. These are all like coffee, you know, coffee pots. And I yeah. said, yeah, exactly. I picked up an AeroPress, right, courtesy of what you've been saying all this time, and I bought it. I got home and I immediately made a cup of coffee. Immediately, yeah. Right, it was like three thirty in the afternoon, and the first thing I noticed was it was fantastic. I mean, the, just the the taste. The, and you used the same beans and the same grind yeah. and the same water. I used the same. I used the same everything. The only thing I did not use is I used a blade grinder. I did not use a burr grinder. So that's next on the yeah. list. To that's a big problem, but we'll, we'll just, do that. Yeah, just to elevate, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, not bad for a guy that only used to drink gas station coffee, right? I mean, so <laughs> yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're slowly evolving. But I'll tell you, man, it, it, it tasted awesome. But I think, and this is where the problem-solving thing comes into place, it was the easiest cleanup of any coffee maker, machine, anything that I've ever had to use, right? So yeah. so not only, because another pet peeve of mine is when I make a pot of coffee, I almost always dump out a quarter of a pot, a half a pot. There's always something that gets dumped out. I yeah. hate cleaning out the grinds. Because it just drives me nuts, right? Because you can't dump it down the sink. I throw it in the garbage. Then I got to rinse it out. Got to wash it. It's a whole ordeal, right? Mm -hmm. You use a French press, same thing. Grinds get everywhere. They're in your coffee. They're everywhere, right? Everything yeah. is a pain. So my question for you is, 
when they created the AeroPress, what was the true, like, what problem were they really trying to solve when they created it? Because if it was to make the best coffee and they accidentally happened to make the most convenient, official, like, you know, I mean, literally, two minutes, you're done. That's it. You're done, you drank, and you're cleaned up. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple problems. I think they probably understood, like, the espresso machine and how, like, the pressure, like, you want to get that pressure going through the grinds. I don't don't know all the, like... Hmm chemistry or physics behind it or whatever but um i think it 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 was about taste but i think it's also you know that idea that you just make your one cup and you make it really good really strong and i think the i think the biggest thing actually could being like a coffee guy was the fact that you have that little paper filter in the bottom yep so you get the press but you also get like you don't get any of the graininess like not once so the coffee yeah the coffee's smooth and it's strong and it just allows you you know you can do a lot more things you can you can basically make a little espresso shot yep. if you put a bunch of grains in there and just put a little bit of water mix it up and press it you're going to get a really condensed or you can make you know a very you know Strong cup of coffee or just, you know, however you want it. Very customizable. So I'll be honest. The first one that I made was I made I made a shot of espresso first, right? And I had okay. some uh, some Pilon, you know, Cuban coffee. And I freaking did that. And the one thing I noticed was it had the foam. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome, right? Like, it's yeah. not just a drip. Yeah. So I drank that, and I was like, that was fantastic. So then I made another one, but I made four of them on ice, right? So I did four shots yeah. on ice. Drank that, and I was like... And you use four filters, and you press four... No, I, I did... What I did... I did... I put four scoops in, and then filled okay. the water up to the, the the number four, and then pushed yeah. it through. So, like, when I when I threw that one in the garbage, it was, like, that thick. <laughs> nice. But I drank that. I was That's like, man, great. this is so good. And then, like, an hour or two later, I was crashing, right? And I was just like, whoa. So I made another cup of coffee, and, you know, drank that... And then I basically was, like, shaking for the next (laughs) three hours or so. But for the first time in years, I did not fall asleep on the couch watching TV with my wife. I actually stayed up and watched it. So, kind of crazy, right? But it was, was, honestly, the coffee was fantastic. But the most amazing thing to me was the fact that, again... Here's this simple concept. It's, it is a simple, simple thing. And the fact that somebody didn't think of this or put this together yeah. 50 years ago is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And even the things that are comparable, like those Jura machines and, like, they're all um, electronic or whatever. Like, this one you can do with your hands. And you just, you know, use your weight to press it and you're set. I love it. Dude, it was yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. Um, yeah. So if AeroPress ever hears this podcast, we're gonna want some royalties. Yeah, man. Like blood. maybe a free filter <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I actually have two AeroPresses now because I used my first one for a good five or six years. Oh wow! And so it got to the place where there was just like a little bit of cracking up at the top, but like think about that. I've been using it for like six years, twice a day. And it's, I mean, so you can't beat it. They're like basically indestructible. 
They're um, no, they're, they're awesome. I mean, I went I went into work on Monday, and uh, you know we had our, our morning meeting, and I talked about that for you know four minutes. So hey, you guys want yeah. to get one? If you don't, then I'm going to get you one for for Christmas. Like this is what you're going to get this year, right? Yeah. Um, because yeah. It's definitely when people come over to your house and you ask them if they want coffee and you whip that out and make them a good cut, man. It's impressive. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> My friends are always asking me for coffee when they come over just because they know it's going to be top notch. Yeah, you know? uh, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. All right, so quick question for you. I know uh, when I ran into you uh, the other day. At uh, I think we were Harris Teeter, right, or Starbucks. I was coming yeah. out of Harris Teeter with beer, and you were coming out of Starbucks with coffee. Um, yeah, we 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 started talking about movies just in in general, and you yeah. had mentioned The Patriot in particular because I think you had yeah. had you had just watched it with your kids or something. Yeah, yeah, we just watched The Patriot. I think the night before. And dude, I just had this this realization. It's just such a great picture of you know how we always talk about like if you really want something, you'll figure out a way. Yeah. And you know, people that don't really want it, they'll come up with a million different excuses. So, I think the best scene in the whole movie is, I mean, it's really sad obviously, but when the British dude comes and kills his kid and then takes the other one and is basically going to lead him off to hang him, right? And that's where Mo Gibson's character goes from, like, no, I'm not going to be involved in this, to all of a sudden, like, telling his sons, like, get the rifles, get the guns, we're going to go track them through the woods and take these guys out. And so, you know, it's just that whole thing of, like, that's what he really wanted. He wanted to save his other son from being killed. Yep. Right? And there's a million reasons why he shouldn't have done what he did. You know, you could have replayed him and, like, he left his, like, three daughters there at the house. Yeah. <laughs> and he basically tells the, like, really little girls, like, go out, hide in the cornfield, and if we don't come back, run to your aunt's house, yeah. right? Remember that? And so then he's got his other two boys, and they're, like, running through the woods, and they come to this spot where they're going to set up their ambush. So it's him and his two, like, probably, like, eight- and ten-year-old sons. Yeah. And he basically comes up with this plan on the fly, which you can do if there's something you really want, Right. So he tells them, you know, and these aren't even like automatic, semi-automatic. These are like you got to load everyone. So he's got his muskets. He's got like the plan. He's like, okay, you reload for him while he's reloading. Then I'm going to jump behind this tree, and then I'm going to shoot here, and then we're going to, you know. So he gives gives them like a – in 10 seconds, he basically gives them the plan. And, you know, the kids' eyes are real big, and they're freaking out. Um, But then he goes to like ambush in the – the caravan of the British soldiers and kills probably like 20 of them, right? And that's where he gets this reputation as being the ghost because he's jumping yeah. tree to tree and taking them out. And then at the, the very end, the one guy has his son like with a knife to the throat or a gun to the head and he takes out his, 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 his um, axe, you know, and throws it. But it's like, it also, to me, it means like risk. Like you got to take big risks yeah. if there's something you really want. So that was like really risky. Like what if he had missed? You know, you're throwing a, an axe at, like, inches away from your son's head. Um, but I just thought that scene is so great from that perspective of, like, if there's something you really want, you can figure out a way. And it probably won't make sense, and you're going to have to, like, adapt and overcome. And even in the moment, he was doing things he probably didn't even expect to be doing. But, like, you just got to do it. A- aim small, miss small, right, boys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that movie is, is, is a classic, and I remember when it came out, right? I mean, I, I was so pumped up to see it, but I was also 
prepared to be disappointed, right? Because yeah. prior to that, Braveheart was the greatest movie ever, right? And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way it can compare, but I want to see it because it actually came out on on my birthday when it okay. came out. So I went to see it on my birthday, watched it. It was freaking awesome, and I'm like, whoa, like yes, let's go, right? And I yeah. walked out, and as I walked out, there was a there was a uh, reporter from one of the local uh, news stations for South Florida, and uh, she interviewed me no <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, sir," because awesome. I think there was only like four people in the theater. <laughs> right? It was like a yeah. the day came out. It was like a I don't know, like a Wednesday or a Tuesday, and it was like you know one o'clock in the afternoon. So nobody's going to the movie theaters except for a college student, right? So I walked out, and I remember just being like, it was awesome, man. It was probably the worst interview ever. <laughs> yeah. Because it was awesome, man. And I think that's about all I said. Like, <laughs> see you later. That's great. Yeah, that's all that, that movie is a, uh, yeah, that movie is a classic, man. Stupid yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, um, good. What, what about... There's also this? another line in there. I'm trying to think of it now, where basically when they go to the town hall and that guy... The general's trying to recruit members, you know, at the little city hall. Mel Gibson makes his speech about, like, you know, I've lost a lot. I'm not going to join this war. And then I'll probably mess this up, but he said basically his comeback to Mel Gibson was like, like, who, who's going to be here to take care of my children? Like, what if I die? And the guy said, wars aren't fought by... Um, fatherless men, uh, right? Fatherless, fatherless men? Fatherless men or something, yeah. Or, yeah, basically by, you know... Just single guys, like everybody has to sacrifice. I thought that was, I hadn't really noticed that line, but that was pretty good. Yeah, he also, no, he also mentioned something else uh, in that, that same scene where he said, uh, they said, what about your, was it your, what about your pride or what about your integrity or something? And he goes, I haven't had, the, I don't have the luxury. I've got children, right? Or I'm a oh, father. Yeah. And it was like, ooh, yeah, man. Like, but I think that's, <laughs> that's the thing too, though, is, you know, the old saying of like, don't poke the bear, right? Like, everybody, yeah. Everybody has their limits, right? There's there's really patient people. There's really impatient people. But even the most patient, most docile person there is, eventually, if you keep poking him, he's eventually going to snap at you, right? And I think, yeah, yeah, that 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 was him. I mean, basically, he's like, hey, I'm good. I don't need any more. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right, now you took it. Now you made it personal. Now you just yeah. mess with my kid. Uh uh-uh. uh that's it, right? Gloves are off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, man. Um, what about what, one one last thing? Because I know you gotta you gotta get rolling. Um, what are your thoughts in general? And I just want to run a, an idea by you. Yeah. So with the with the masks, right? Just masks in general. If it was a requirement, like let's say Trump came out with a. Uh, an executive order today, right, in honor of Memorial Day, and said that moving forward, every single person in the United States must wear a government-issued, right, it's free, Trump 2020 face mask. You (laughs) must wear it. Do you think, how quickly will the masks all of a sudden not be required? (laughs) Yeah. That's great, man. I mean... First of all, with the mask, like, it, it, it isn't a law. Like, you couldn't do that. Right. Right? <laughs> like, you, 
that's that's where I think there's so much confusion too. Is like a lot of the stuff that people are doing, it's recommendations. You know, and I, I think I, I'm in the camp of like if Costco wants you to wear a mask or if some restaurant wants you to come with a mask, like that, that's the same thing as no shoes, no shirt, no service. Like they can do that, but in common areas and like, you know, it doesn't make sense to me that people think that they have to do certain things or they'll look at you like, you know, why aren't you wearing a mask? Like, are you trying to kill me? Um, so, yeah, I don't. I, I, I saw I saw something the other day that I thought was funny, and it it, it basically uh, and I I'll butcher it too, but it said something along the lines of, you know, you you wear a mask right to protect other people's lives. I carry a gun to protect other people's lives, right? Like yeah. and it's and it's funny. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking extremes, but yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going to argue one, you kind of have to argue the other. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's an interesting, uh, you know, there's other perspectives on the mask, too. Like, I think Fauci's has kind of won out and, like, Fauci, you know, I think he may have gotten it wrong with all with a lot of this stuff. But I think that's just what happens. Like, the longer you've been around something and the older you get, the more set in your ways you get. Yeah. But there's a lot. And so science, like, everybody says, well, the science, they're like, okay, well, Dr. Fauci. And, like, it, it's always funny to me when science becomes, like, everybody – is on the same page when like that's never the case with science right right yeah the science science says this is like what are you talking about science says like there's a lot of different scientists that make up science but one of the scientists was saying how he thinks a lot more people are going to die because people wore masks and so we're not going to get like the herd effect mm-hmm. immunity have you heard this i i, I believe that one i believe that 100 percent yeah, that that's how we. But, I mean, that, that's how kids build up immunity. That's how we build up immunities. It's you know rolling around in the dirt. It's touching things. It's picking up things. And you know, you make me stronger. I make you stronger. It's that that that's the that's what's great about being the human race, right? I mean, that's the only yeah. way we get tougher. Yeah, which is just another way. Like whenever you make decisions out of fear, they're probably going to be wrong. Yeah. And I think conventional wisdom is typically wrong. So the thing that everybody believes is true is probably like not true. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's definitely a case to be made, made that wearing masks is actually more dangerous than not. Yeah. But no, nobody, nobody's really talking about that. Hey, I, I, and again, I know you got to get going, but I got another question, man. What, what, what uh, about, what do you feel about the whole, uh, Nancy Pelosi fat shaming Donald Trump? Yes, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> right? Like... Can you imagine? Yeah, it's but, it's unbelievable. But it's like but, the but, one thing that like your like politically correct liberal wouldn't do. That's right. Like when it really comes down to it, like she's more than happy to do to say those things. I just thought it was so funny. I was like, oh my god! She called like, him morbidly obese. <laughs> yeah, morbidly obese. I mean, it's just so it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I mean, I think it's, I think, like, pot kettle, right? Like, you're sitting there, and it's, it's you know, imagine if, I mean, because you got, well, was it Stacey Abrams, you know, that everybody's, like, saying, oh, she's going to be Biden's, you know, VP pick, and, you know, Nancy Pelosi calls her, like, angelic. Uh, okay, so Trump is a fat slob, right, morbidly obese, and she's angelic? Okay, right? Like, it's, it's. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where why isn't anybody outraged? Why isn't anybody like, 
oh my god, like how dare you say that, Nancy Pelosi? Like that's so rude. How do you, how, do you, how dare you? Right? Because it's yeah. like, but because if it was the other way around, people would be losing their minds. Like, oh my god, you yeah. you're fat shaming. How dare you say that about you know overweight people? Yeah, and, like with the whole like Jillian Michaels with Lizzo, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Like everything, it became such a huge deal. Like, but it's like the rules don't apply as long as it's a, a president that they hate. Then yep. obviously the rules don't apply because then you can. What did what's her face do? Like tr- pretend to cut his head off and hold it up? Like yep. when would that ever be okay if it were the other way around? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's dude. I think it's crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know. All right, man. I know you got to get uh, get rolling. Yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate the. Do you have any other thoughts on masks in general? I mean... One of the thoughts I thought the other day was just kind of one of those, um, like, life things that I think about. And it's like, um, when this moment becomes a story that you're going to tell, what's the story you want to tell? Yeah. And it relates to a lot of things in life. But, like, if you think about the moment that you're in, it's something that you're going to tell a story about in the future. And so I think a lot of, like, my deep, like... (laughs) Like, I don't really care. Like, I'll wear a mask if I have to. But I think one of the reasons I don't is, like, this internal dialogue of, like, what do my, what do I want my kids to say about me 10 years from now and the way I behave during the coronavirus? Like, was my dad scared to death of this thing? Or did he teach us, like, there's nothing to be afraid of? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, no, I, I agree with that. And, and, and I'll be honest. I mean, if... If my wife didn't order our sweet masks, I would not be wearing a mask out, right? Like, or I'd be wearing, like, a clown mask or something, like, stupid, right? Like, I saw there was a guy at Costco the other day that had a Stormtrooper mask on walking around. Like, dude, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Like, have fun with it, right? But uh, yeah. but, but the way I look at it, masks. yeah, the, the way I look at it, dude, that'd be awesome. I'd wear that in a heartbeat. Yeah. But the yeah. way I look at it is I, I only wear it when I go to Maryland because... You have to, like, if you're, you know, in any story, they, they require you. But I also wear it because it's an attention getter, right? It's, yeah. I mean, again, it's the Trump 2020 sign. That's what it is, right? <laughs> keep America great again, or keep America great. So what what is wild is I've gotten, you know, maybe one or two, like, kind of, like, dirty looks. No one, in, and I've been to the store 60 times in the past yeah. 10 weeks. Not one person has said one negative thing to me. Not one. And and it's wild because I almost do it just to see, like, I'm polling, I'm campaigning, right? Like, it's, I'm trying to see, like, what, what's the climate like, right? And, yeah. dude, I don't know if I told you, but the last three times that I've gone to Costco and Leesburg, I've had at least three to four people take my picture every single time. Yeah. Actually, I think I mentioned that last last week to you, but like, yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah, probably on crazy. someone's website of like people to kill, but <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah. the, but the point is, is that you know, it's it's no different than when I wear a Yankee hat out, right? I mean, I wear a Yankee hat, and I get some people that'll be like, "Go Yankees," and then other people that don't like the Yankees will give me dirty looks, right? Like it's, yeah. but that's fine. I expect that. Like that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I'm only, yeah. I'm also waiting. Like I want somebody to engage me in a dialogue. Right, because yeah. you know the, the one thing I like about Trump is he he's actually fighting back. Right, he's actually he's doing what everybody else is talking about. People need to do right. The Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, they talk. We got to we got to fight back against these people and fight back against that. That's exactly what Trump's doing. 
Right? Like, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed if there was the antithesis to Trump on the Democrat side. Awesome. Yeah. Like, let's... The point is, the fact that Donald Trump, a non-politician, has been able to do what he's done, love him or hate him, doesn't matter. You cannot deny, or at least be yeah. like, wow, man, like, he really... He's done, he's done what he said he was going to do, despite everybody being against him. Right? Like... Yeah. But get that should say, hey, there's a need for more people with different ideas to come to the freaking table, set your egos aside, and let's go. Like let's 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 fix some of these world problems that we have instead of just yeah. pointing fingers, ah, oh, you're evil, you're yeah. you're racist, you're this, you're that. Like, no. Stop. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Some of the things that like like I almost want to see like Democrats that think we need to reopen or a few Republicans that think, no, we need to be more careful and cautious. It's like, even the idea of reopening has become political. Yep. You know, it's like, does that make any sense that everyone in a party feels the same way? Even like the mask thing, like, you know, maybe some, we need some conservatives out there. They're like, we need to wear these masks or we need some liberals that be like, these masks are ridiculous. What are we doing? But it's like, it's become like a political thing. It makes no sense. Like yeah. people have their own brains. <laughs> like, but 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 you know what it is, man. It's it's again. It's it's like we said in one of the one of the first podcasts is people are so afraid of like standing up for what they believe in, right? They're they're just they're so afraid, right? Like how many times do you hear stories about kids getting beat up or you know like getting you know getting pushed around or bullied, whatever it is, and. Other kids tell the story, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so did this to this person. Like, and, and what'd you do? Well, nothing. Why not? Like, why don't you help the guy, right? Like, it's, like, you hear all yeah. those stories, or, oh, man, did you see that? Did you see that lady fall? Oh, man, she fell so hard. Instead of walking over, be like, oh, my God, are you okay? Oh, my God, hey, yeah. let, me, let me help you up. Or, hey, don't get up so quick. Let me let me call an ambulance just to make sure you're okay. Like, like just be a, be a good person and instead of this... Yeah, like like it's it's it, people are so worried about like oh, what what are others going to think? What what are others going to say? Or what is the you know what is the chosen one? You know Pelosi say or what does Mitch McConnell say? Do you approve of this, boss? Is this okay? Is this okay if I do this? Right? Like if yes. if Trump, let's say he cures cancer tomorrow, they won't give him credit for it. He's not gonna or he's not going to be the one to do it. But let's yes. just say he did. Hypothetically, would you then say, hey, good work? Like, thank you, sir. No, not at all. Yeah. Right? Like, but yeah. at the same time, if Nancy Pelosi saw, you know, cured cancer tomorrow, no one from the other side is going to be like, oh, good job, Nancy. Wow. That was, that was really yeah. job well done, madam. Like, no, they're not going to say yeah. that. Right? Because yeah. they're children. Yeah. And Trump has said a lot of crazy things that Republicans probably should have called him out for. Pelosi's done a lot of crazy things that, you know, Democrats could call her out for. But nobody does. Like, it's just like okay to tear up a State of the Union address and call the president morbidly obese, or you know, there's hands full of things that Trump said that it just there's no place for it. But their their sides just can't call him out. Right. No, because you, you can't go against the leader, and that's and, and that's even a, that's a problem in 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 businesses and families. Like, I want my people to hold me accountable. I want to surround myself with people that will eventually have my job or take my job I want that right like because it's gonna it's gonna elevate my game or if you bring 10 other people let's say you make 10 people better than you at something you're not gonna be discredited for that 
What they're going to say is, hey, it's all because of you, or hey, thank you for helping, or this is awesome. They're not going to be like, all right, man, get out of my way. We don't need you anymore. Right? Like it's, but people don't think that way. People are so short sighted and simple that they see it as a threat. Like it's a threat. Come on, man. Like you, you, you're not going to live forever, right? You can't possibly be the best forever, right? You got to help the next, the next generation, the next group that's coming up. I don't know, man. It drives me. Yeah. Drives me nuts, all the freaking finger pointing and, and name calling's okay as long as you call certain people names and you know, you can poke fun at, at people's, you know, you know, obesity sometimes, but only if they're a Republican and you know, like it's just it's it's mind blowing to me, man. It really, really is. So Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny, man. Well on that note, I think we covered some good stuff, man. Yeah, no, I uh I agree, man. Bottom line is, uh, you know, the, the the more or the better that you get at solving people's problems, right, providing service and helping them solve their problems and sleep better at night, the more marketable you are. You can apply that to parenting. You can apply that to marriage, you know, work, politics, yeah. wherever it is, that is applicable yeah. in any line of work, right? I mean, if you're a doctor, if you're a scientist, if you're, you know, a recruiter, if you're a a consultant, yeah. right? Whatever you, whatever you do, you you solve problems, you fix things. That you're golden. You'll always be needed. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, hey, enjoy uh, enjoy the long weekend. <laughs> Need a break. Right, and, you too. And I'll talk. Uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon, bud. Okay. Later. Later.